what's going on? Los Angeles, welcome to the Rams Skinny here on the LA Football Network. I'm your co-host, Ryan Dyer, joined as always by the man, our Rams beat writer, managing editor at the LA Football Network, Ryan Skinny T. Anderson. What is up, my friend? How we doing? I'm doing all right. You uh, beat me at our uh, head-to-head fantasy football game. Uh, somehow I... I, it was it was close, and I was the third highest on the on in our league. But I still was uh, got beat by the boss man Ryan Dyrude. Uh So, uh, that, uh, good game. What was that? The final was uh, I had one forty seven, you had one forty one. So yeah, it was a well fought battle here yeah. in the trenches of Los Angeles. Cooper Cup just doing his Cooper Cup thing for me. That always helps. So um, finally getting him back. You know, I took that risk taking him. So early, knowing he was going to miss four weeks, but I, I knew it would pay dividends once he was back. Well, and you picked up Puka Nakua as well. Yeah, yeah, I got I got so, nice there on waivers. Yeah. Uh, and and, nice. and and your quarterback is the former Ram, uh, Jared Goff. You know, you're a you're a homer. I like it. You know, the best currently the best QB in the NFC right now, and Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford, whatever you want to argue. That's what we're talking about, though. Rams. Uh, with a big one, we're a little late to our recap party, you know, some scheduling issues. So, but we still want to get a recap out, talk about this 26 to nine win for the Rams against the Cardinals. And then we'll do our preview show just basically 24 hours later. So Rams fans out there, you can look forward to some back to back Rams skinny content. Um, but yeah, I wanted to get on here with my man and, and talk about this game because a true tale of two halves, if you will, a team that looked basically like everything we did not want them to do in the first half and then everything we wanted them to do in the second half. And guess what, Ryan, it worked and it reaped the benefits. So <laughs> you're just overall initial thoughts of this, this 26 to nine win. Well, you know, I, I submitted an article today and that kind of sums up my feelings. I think there's a lot of uh, good feelings out of, out of this because they were running the ball so effectively in the second half um, they did win uh, by a good margin, covered uh, covered once again, um, and they the offense looked like they were moving the ball, and it looks like they found a bit of their identity. But you know, my thing is th- this is the Arizona Cardinals. If you can't pass the ball against the Arizona Cardinals, you know I'm I've got questions about this offense still. So I'm still looking for a cohesive identity from this team that utilizes the running game and the passing game together, well-balanced. Um, so that's – that's. I don't want to rain on anybody's parade uh, because, as I said, a win is a win, uh, and they're back in the uh, over 500 column. But mm-hmm. I still have questions. I still have questions about this offense. So what are your what, what are your initial takeaways? Yeah, it's a great point. I'll give my takeaways, and I want to – we'll start with that, not to be negative, but just kind of – you know, I think that's a good point, a good reference point to start with. But – um, yeah, I mean, my initial takeaways were, you know, we we kind of, ch- I don't want to, I always think it's funny when I say like we challenged Coach McVay, like he listens to us, you know, but, you know, we kind of put it out there, like, what is he going to do in the second half? Like, this has not been a second half team outside of week one against Seattle. They just have really have struggled in the second half. And, and this was the opposite case for this game where they struggled in the first half and then came out in the second half guns blazing and looked great really in all facets um, of the game. You know, like you said, still kind of struggled in the passing game, but the running game was working great. They stuck with it. The defense was playing lights out. And so it was really encouraging to see that, that improvement in that second half. So that's just really my biggest, biggest takeaway was when the, when it wasn't working in the first half, 
it could have been like that Cincinnati game, right? Where it was just a slog all game. Like they, they really couldn't get out of their own way. They had struggles in the first half towards the end. And then those struggles just continued on in the second half. And in this one, it was like a flip, a nice 180. And we saw almost a different team in that second half. So, so that was my takeaway is just seeing that improvement. But you bring up a really good point in this passing game. And Matthew Stafford, you know, I joked about Jared Goff, but I think Matthew Stafford has played tremendous this year. Statistically, maybe isn't at the top in terms of every statistical category, but you know, the arm looks great. The way he's uh, managing the game, the way he's directing the offense, the way he's um, relating to his teammates and players, (laughs) contrary (laughs) to popular belief when that uh, podcast came out by his wife, you can see it all. And, and so I think he's played really well, but, but there does seem to be a lack of consistency in dominance from this passing game. So just your thoughts. I know you did write an article on it on your three takeaways today, and you can find that at lafbnetwork.com. Make sure to head there. Shameless plug there. Um, but just kind of what, what are you seeing, I guess, in this passing game where it's not being, I guess, dynamic and consistent, especially against a lesser opponent like the Cardinals? Well, I think part of it is, you know, they've got two absolutely fantastic receivers. We've loved everything we've seen some from Puka Nakua so far. Um, obviously we love everything that Cooper cup does. Um, and last, uh, not the Cardinals game, but the previous game, we saw them get pretty equal target shares. Uh, Matthew Stafford moved that ball around. And then, and then this game, he was just going to cup. And, you know, when you're, when you're predictable, even, even when you have a superstar like Cooper cup catching the ball, um, it makes it a lot easier for defenses to defend you. Um, you know, so, and this is something that we've seen from, uh, Stafford, uh, in 2021, you know, in 2022, when everybody was healthy, well, at least his pass catchers were healthy, he was just going to Cooper cup. And then this year so far, he was really just uh, leaning on Puka Nakua. And, um, I understand you got to hit the open guy, but, um, you know, I think spreading it around and, and getting it, uh, you know, kind of using the weapons when um, it's called, you know, when, you know, you don't, you don't bring a hammer uh, to, uh, you know, screw in uh, the screws, you know, it, like, nice. And nice. <laughs> yeah. we'll do yourself reference there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we have, we have different tools and each one of these receivers has, has different skill sets. And I feel like they, each one is kind of being underutilized. I think, you know, we've seen what Tutu Atwell has become, you know, he's become this really interesting tool. You know, we've seen what Tyler Higby can do. Um, and it's just, it, it's all falling onto one guy. And when, what, what happens when that goes, goes down like that, it's like those guys get hurt. Now we saw Kyron Williams get hurt in this last game after, you know, running the ball uh, con- consistently uh, through the last, uh, you know, third, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a complete offense yet. Uh, it's you know certainly in the passing game and especially you know with uh, Cooper Cup coming off of an injury, kind of a little bit of a scare with his ankle. I think it was his ankle when he uh, caught that ball in the end zone. Mm-hmm. A little a uh, little beat up on that one. Uh, nothing nothing serious. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with him, but uh, just reminds you that uh, um, you know these guys can't get hurt out there. Um, yeah. And, and if, if uh, you're moving it around, that's a little less likely to happen because there's just less contact. Um, there's less explosions. There's less, you know, tackles and hits and, and all that stuff. So 
I just want to see I just want to see it to be more complete so that they can lean into the run when it's when it's necessary. They can mm-hmm. uh, shift back to a, a, a finesse deep ball passing game uh, when that's necessary. Um, they're they're going to they're going to be going on and playing some pretty uh, stout defenses going forward. You know, they've got games against uh, another one against the Niners. They've got uh, Cleveland coming up. They've got uh, Dallas. They've got uh, and this, the you know, the Steelers coming up as well. All yeah. really good defenses uh, in their own right. And, you know, you got to be able to play a multiple uh, well-oiled offense to to beat a, a team of a higher caliber. You beat the, the Cardinals – kudos Great. i guess <laughs> yeah that's a game <laughs> you should win. be winning yeah. 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 yeah 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 no i think what's what's exciting about everything you said if i can put a positive spin on it is the fact that this team and i agree with you hasn't reached its full potential on offense and you know is a three and three football team and and the fact that two of those losses for sure i think they probably could have won had they reached their potential earlier on in this year so obviously you got to get there and do that um but they're not like far away from being actually a really well put together offense and an offense that can compete with really any defense in this league. What I'm curious about, and I do not want to sound like I'm, I'm over criticizing McVay. Cause I think obviously we always talk about how he's one of the best coaches in football. Um, but I'm so, I'm really curious and it's hard to tell just from watching film the tape without, you know, just assuming and you know what they say, you never want to assume things. But Matthew Stafford 100% does key in on, you know, Cooper Cup. And we've seen it time and time again. And now it's like the first came back. It was like, okay, cool. It was still like, it was still a nice split between Coop and and Pukunakua and even got 2-2 in there. And then this week's game was very much, I think it was seven for Coop. Puka did get four catches, but, you know, measly 26 yards. Two to only one catch. I think Higby, one or two catches. Um, And so I'm really curious how much that is Stafford and how much that is you know, schematic play design, because obviously when you designed certain plays, you have your progression set in those plays. Okay. This is a play design for Cooper cup is your one read. Pukunakua is your two read Tutu out was your three read. Kyron's your check down or you throw it away. Like th- those are like the progression in plays. Like you don't really just have like a, Hey, here's a uh, four routes, choose one. Like there's always right. a progression usually planned. And a lot of that planning is done pre-snap at the line of scrimmage. And then obviously as the pre- play breaks down or whatnot, it's up to Stafford to really, you know, hone in and do. And I think Stafford is, as he's proven throughout his career, really good at going through his progressions overall. And one of the really good vision quarterbacks that we've seen in this game and able to do that. So I say all that, that I'm just curious how much of these play designs are 90% with cup as the number one progression. Like why wouldn't it be? He's one of the best receivers of football and 85% of the time that one progression is just open. So why are you going to go off that? So it might be designed that way. And obviously if it's working, they're okay with that. And so I, I think we want to see them spread the ball around for basically for opening things up situationally differently. And so I, I think I'm just rambling now about is how much of this McVeigh maybe needing to change up the schematic progressions in order to get more guys involved, as opposed to it being staff or just honing in on one guy, because if that is your, your if that is your first read, it's open. Why would you not take it? So. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if that, if I'm just sounding like a rambling idiot over here. No, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think McVeigh does kind of lean into, um, 
you know, the things that are working. Uh, and he, 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 he goes with the flow of the game. That's kind of how he, how he likes to put it, how he's feeling it. And, um, you know, when, when one of the receivers has the hot hand, I think that he just uh, keeps uh, peppering it. I think, I mean, in terms of schematically, I, you know, yeah, we saw, although I'll, I'll say this is, uh, Puka and Cooper, while they play, uh, they're very similar in, in some ways. They do play different roles on this team. Yep. You know, we saw Nakua catching shorter passes that are, uh, you know, kind of the, that classic slot. And then we see some kind of uh, variations on that for uh, Cup, where he's just a much more explosive, kind of more down the field uh, kind of play, you know, and, and on the sidelines now as well. And so I just integrate those two. And, um, you know, have faith in, in Puka that he's going to make the catch in the end zone the next time or the next time you throw it to him, he's going to make the catch. Um, so, yeah, yeah, th- th- those are my thoughts on that. Uh, it's it doesn't it, it there is a mental block for for McVay, it seems like where he just can't um, call a complete game this season. He can't. Uh, uh, get out of his own way for long enough and until the, in this game anyway, until the second half. And I, I like to imagine that he, you know, uh, he and the uh, Mike LaFleur were in, in an office and yelling back and forth at each other. And, you know, uh, Cooper looks into the window and he's got one tear rolling down his cheek and <laughs> they, they close the blinds real quick. So he doesn't see <laughs> the, the argument between, uh, uh, between each other. And, you know, you know, and, and, and Sean says, you know, if you think you can call a better game, then why don't you call the game or something? Something dramatic like that happens, and <laughs> yeah, and that's what that shifted everything. I love it. See, I, it's funny you say that because I always picture their like their symbiotic meetings being more like Ted Lasso, where they're just like you know the diamond dogs in the in you know in their <laughs> office, and you have you have Sean McVay kicking back with his feet, and Michael Floor would be I don't know if he would be if he would be Nate or if he would be. Um, I don't know Coach which Beard. character he would be coach beard. Maybe uh, I don't know, but I just, that's how I picture it's more like a Ted Lasso environment where it's, you know, a lot of just kind of chit chatting and not a lot of schematic X's and O's because at the end of the day, McVay's just going to call what McVay's going to call. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, and then there's maybe some other reference point that, and I don't think this is necessarily smart, nor do I necessarily think a hundred percent. This is what McVay is doing, but he is a chess master at some capacity. And I, I do think maybe in this game specifically, knowing the competition coming up, they're kind of calling these plays to set up something big for, you know, later in the season or later in the game. And that happens all the time. Coaches say after a season, like, oh, yeah, we were waiting for this moment to where this defense would give us a look based on what we've been calling all season so that we could check out of it to do this. And so we haven't really seen like Tutu has been way more involved, which has been amazing to see, but we haven't seen him on just like a straight go route and just seeing that speed, right? Like we really haven't seen that. So I feel like we're waiting. He's utilizing, okay, we're going to pepper cup. We're going to use Puka in the middle. We're going to line up Puka and cup both in the slot in certain instances. Um, We're going to use Tutu more over the middle and more on dig routes and outside routes and just waiting to get that defensive look maybe against the Steelers, which we'll talk about in our next episode. And then maybe they can give that same formation but it's a checkout where then they have two to send, you know, if they only get a one high safety look or something. So maybe just playing chess. And he's like, Hey, let's just make teams think we're going to throw it to Cooper cup 10 to 15 times a game. So it's going to finally give us the opportunity to unleash one. 
I don't yeah, know. But yeah, I, I, I'm completely open-minded and I will be, um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll eat my hat when I'm wrong about it. And, and I'm not, I'm not really saying anything definitive, but yeah, I do want to, I want to see all four quarters. We saw it, you know, we saw it in Seattle. Um, and, yep. uh, uh, you know, I, 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 I just want to see, I just want to see it more so that I can believe my eyes. Um, you know, what, which version of this offense, uh, do I believe in yet? I don't know. I don't know. And we haven't, we, we kind of touched on it, but, uh, the, that running back room is going to look a lot different for the next mm. few weeks going forward. Uh, Kyron Williams is out. Um, uh, I think they're calling it week to week at this point. Yeah. Week to week in a boot, which is never good, yeah. but yeah. We'll, uh... And then Ronnie rivers is on IR and they've signed, uh, Daryl Henderson back onto the team. Miles yep. Gaskins is, uh, has been signed. Um, yep. they've called up Royce Freeman. Uh, so the, this room is, uh, is now f- uh, full and, and brimming with uh, potential talent perhaps once again. <laughs> yes. And I do want to get into that and we'll probably talk a lot more about it on the preview show. Um, but I want to briefly at least touch on the running game because we both have, but me specifically been pounding the table for this and we saw it finally. So I want to touch on that. And I want to end with talking about the defense. You know, you only give up nine points. We got to give our, our, uh, you know, hats off to the defense, but quickly before got to tell everyone about a new sponsor of the show underdog fantasy. I'm sure everyone's heard about it. I'm absolutely thrilled that this is a new partnership. We've just mended uh, with this great company and uh, it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's similar to, you know, that obviously you can do a lot of fantasy stuff. You can do best ball. You can, you can do daily fantasy, but also, uh, their pick them is similar to kind of a parlay system where you, you know, pick two to six different players from different teams, different sports, whatever you, you stack them up based on their projection from underdog. And, uh, all you're playing against is that projection, not an actual another team. So go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app. Use our promo code RAMSLAFB, nice and simple, all one word, RAMSLAFB. They're going to match your deposit up to $100. So you put in 100 bucks, you get 100 free bucks to play with. Put in 10 is the minimum. You get 10 free to play with. So Underdog Fantasy, RAMSLAFB, we're all playing it. Uh, we'll probably have some uh, articles out there where we have our picks and what we're doing, so you can follow along with that. Uh, but tell them the guys at the LA Football Network sent you. So... Let's hit the running game first. I mean, Kyron Williams, man, of course, gets injured. Unbelievable. But let's just give him his give him his flowers first. 20 carries, 158 yards for 7.9 yard per carry average. One touchdown. Heading, I maybe they got a few more in there. They slipped a few more in there, but close to heading into the locker room at halftime. Three total carries for this team. Uh, like I said, they may have slipped a few more in, but it was it was three to five in the first half. They end up finishing with 27 plus a one, plus one from Stafford, but I, which I never count as everyone knows. So it didn't quite hit 30 skinny T, but Hey, 27, I'll take it. And obviously Kyron Williams absolutely dominated. So your thoughts on this explosive running game that we finally saw in the second half. Yeah. A lot of fun to see, uh, you know, eight uh, called rushing plays out of the half, uh, just picking up big chunk after big chunk, uh, and that's what you want to see uh, from your yeah. offense is just kind of grinding, grinding their way down the field, giving that defense a little bit of time to breathe and, uh, you know, putting in putting in the touchdown at the end. They had nine, nine runs in a row, uh, but one was a scramble. So that's the one that doesn't doesn't count. But, uh, 
Yeah, uh, you know, they've, they've switched from the outside zone um, running game to this gap scheme. And, you know, they've with Steve Avila, uh, Ken, Ken Dotson, um, Kevin Dotson, sorry, and uh, Coleman Shelton all in the middle, all big guys. Uh, you know, Kevin Dotson had a great quote about just wanting to get out there and kind of push people around. And, you know, that's what that's what those big guys love doing, you yeah. know, it's uh, it's just a much more straightforward thing, especially with the gap running scheme. Instead of trying to fit, find out where what who who's in your zone, you just open up that gap, and uh, just hopefully that running back's going to hit it. And Kyron Williams was doing doing a fantastic job of just getting there. Um, you know, he <clears throat> he had a false start penalty that kind of stalled the drive, uh, so that that's not great. But uh, all in all, you know, what, what a fantastic half from him. And I think I. I think I heard that it, this is the biggest rushing half of, of McVeigh's entire head coaching career. And, <laughs> I believe uh, it. <laughs> yeah, if, it's, if it isn't true, that's a surprise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think that's enough said there. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and it was just fun to watch because it's really – you haven't seen that from this the, the Rams team that – the rushing game looking like that, you know, we've seen great rush, you know, Todd Gurley was a great rusher and a uh, uh, great running back in his own right. Um, but, you know, you look at Kyron Williams, who was a third round pick as if, if my memory is serving me correctly, third or fourth, something like that. Yeah. yeah day two, we'll call it. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we were in Vegas. It was a, it was a blurry draft for us. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, um, <laughs> but uh Good memories. Good memories. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, but you know, you, you know, you can, you can do a lot with, uh, you know, those, those running backs that aren't costing a whole bunch of money. I'm already kind of looking forward and in, into this 2024 draft, what they're going to do with their top three, top 100 picks going into, into next Ooh. year. And, uh, if they're, if they're looking at a running back and if they're able to do this with Kyron Williams, uh, you know, we'll see when he comes back, but, um, they don't. They won't have to invest a, a top hundred pick with uh, for a running back, and that's great yeah. news. Then they can focus on edge rusher or you know offensive line or or wherever they want to go. Um, but yep, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I mean, obviously sticking with the the Dirude, uh Paragorium theorem or whatever you want to call it, twenty five <laughs> plus carries, and this Rams team is three and zero undefeated when they run the ball 25 plus times. So um, obviously it proves correct yet again. So we'll talk about it in the preview show. As long as they run 25 plus times on the Steelers, that means they're winning the football game. Uh, I'm going to say it until it, until it gets disproved. Um, but no, it reminds me of that quote from one of the most underrated Will Ferrell movies out there. Have you seen the other guys? I have. Yeah. Phenomenal movie. Mark Wahlberg, uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg has a quote. I think it's Mark Wahlberg that says this. He's like, I'm a peacock. You got to just let me fly. And that's what reminds me of these offensive linemen. Like, they don't want to pass pro. They don't want to pass block. They want to maul guys in the running game, especially like you alluded to in this gap scheme that they've now adopted. And when you let these guys just pin their ears back and go hunt guys down in the trenches, opening holes up, that's when they eat. And that's what they want to do. And we saw it in the second half, and it worked to perfection. And it was a beautiful thing to see, uh, a sight to behold. And I just hope it carries over to the next one. Uh, and, and Sean McVay sticks with this and doesn't get past happy against the Steelers, especially if, you know, for, you know, let's say 10 carries into the game, they get, you know, a 2.3 yard 
per carry average and he gets scared and gets away from me. I hope it doesn't happen. Let the big dogs eat, let the peacocks fly and create some holes as they did in the second half. So beautiful to see super bummed. Kyron Williams is hurt, but you know, not going on IR as is announced today as he's day to day or week to week. Uh, Ronnie rivers, unfortunately is going on IR. They signed, as you alluded to Daryl Henderson to the practice squad. They signed miles Gaskin and brought up uh, Royce Freeman. Obviously, Zach Evans, the rookie, we'll get to see some of him as well. So we'll talk all about those backs in the preview show, but I just wanted to at least give this rushing game, the offensive line, Kyron Williams and Sean McVay play calling a lot of kudos uh, because he let, he let those peacocks fly. It was a beautiful thing to behold. So skinny team, before we wrap up, we got to talk defense. You know, I know it's the Cardinals. I know it's Joshua Dobbs. I know there's not a lot of talent on offense, as we talked about last week going into this game. But, hey, you hold a team to nine points. You know, you got to get some credit. And I think you look at this defense, they get better and better every week for the most part. They're disciplined. I think that's what's so exciting. It's a young, young group, but they play disciplined football. Only got home with two sacks, but 27 pressures, according to PFF. 16 hurries. Uh, You know, Byron Young had a great game, according to PFF at least, you know, with his highest grade of the team, 87.3 did have five total tackles with that one sack. And so it's just a unit that I think continues to impress that is so young and Raheem Morris. This is Raheem Morris's year where he's going to be a head coach, seeing what he's done with this defense. Granted, we're six weeks in still a lot of football to play, but what he's done with this group that is so young and inexperienced, and seeing how well this defense overall has played, every week they've given this team a chance to win. And we thought, even I thought this team could win nine games this year, but I thought in order to do that, the, the offense was going to have to average 30-plus points. I thought there were going to be shootouts, and the offense was going to have to be lights out, and that was the only way they were going to get to that nine-win total potentially. Well, it's been almost the opposite. The defense has given this team a chance to win pretty much, not pretty much, they have every single week. And I just think it's impressive what Raheem Morris has done. You look at Aubrey Pleasant, who's back, and obviously what he's done with this young secondary. Guys like Akella Witherspoon has come over and really bought into this culture and become a leader. Jordan Fuller back to full health and playing like he did two years ago. And obviously the great Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones has been great in that middle. So I know I just talked for a while, but your thoughts on the defense and just how well they played against, yeah, lesser opponent, but still you get up nine points. I mean, that's a great defensive output. Yeah, a truly great performance. I'm continually impressed by the secondary. Um, you know, a lot of youth, a lot of youth back there, a lot of inexperience back there, but they uh, really, you know, just crank down and they're able to, uh, you know, create, uh, you know, pass, pass, rush, pass, pass rush forced passes, um, you know, coverage sacks, you know, they're, they're doing a fantastic job back there. And um so a lot of credit to them. Uh, and then I love seeing Aaron Donald just go off uh, on a, a team. And he really did that to the Cardinals. And um, that's just a lot of fun. You know, we don't get to see it because he's triple team, double team constantly. Um, and, uh, you know, just, you know, you see the violence that that guy can bring, that that game record kind of mentality that uh, he obviously still has. He's always been um, that kind of guy. And it's just fun when it can manifest in a way that he's, he's getting into the pocket and, and, and wreaking havoc for Josh Dobbs. You know, it was one of my, my keys of the game was, you know, containing, uh, Josh Dobbs, not allowing him to pick up too many first, uh, first downs. Um, 
and they contained 47 yards. He was the team's leading rusher, but was, you know, he wasn't, they mitigated that kind of damage because sometimes those edges can uh, let that, uh, let those quarterbacks out. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, I was going to, I was actually going to ask like, what, what are Raheem Morris's chances of uh, becoming a head coach after this season? Is it, is it a lock? You know, and after just seeing what, if other teams can notice what he's done with the resources that he's had on offense this, this year, um, I mean, that's, that's gotta be the, the, a beautiful resume to put out there for a head coaching job. Yeah. I mean, and just Aaron Donald, seven total, total pressures, five hurries, uh, just another masterclass by the great Aaron Donald. But look, I know this is the Ram show, but I've been one, I've been more bullish on Brandon Staley. Then obviously most, and obviously, you know, he's struggling this year and tough loss on Monday night. And, you know, it hasn't really been a great head coach so far. Um, but I, I bring that up because if he's able to get a head coaching job after one year as a dominant coordinator, Raheem Morris absolutely should be a head coach next year and be, and you look at what Brandon Slay was able to do and he was great. I mean, that Rams defense was dominant in 2020 with him. And now there's a lot of people, which I don't necessarily agree with, but a lot of people saying, well, was that just a product of having, you know, the great Aaron Donald, having Jalen Ramsey, having, you know, a lot of these star pieces at every level on this Rams defense. And when you look now what Raheem Morris is doing, and he had, you know, he had those same pieces when he came in, right? When they won the Super Bowl, he had those same pieces, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. And I think a lot of people kind of, you know, he got interviews, but that was kind of the thing was, well, he adopted Brandon Staley's system. He has these, all these great players and they've regressed a little bit. Like they weren't as good as the 2020 defense. They were still a good unit, but they weren't as good as that 2020. Well, now this year we've seen, there's not all those pieces outside of Aaron Donald and they're better so far. Again, it's six weeks in, but they're better so far than they were last year or even the previous year. And the cast that he's been able to put together and buy in and what they've been able to do, I think is just so impressive. So unless there's a catastrophic, fall off over the last or uh, the final 11 games over the year. I mean, this guy has to be a lock, I think for a head coach just of what he's been able to do in terms of building this defense up, utilizing what they have. And then also just the leadership of, you know, running this unit, but then bringing in a new cast of coaches. Cause you gotta, you gotta think about it. Skin. I know you would agree with this, but when you look at Aubrey Pleasant coming back, when you look at Jimmy Lake being added to the staff, when you look at some of these pieces of the coaching staff, like, yes, Sean McVay as a head coach makes the final decision, but you know Raheem Morris is saying, like, hey, we need this guy on the staff. I want this guy on the staff. Like, you know he has either yeah. McVay's ear or has a say in that. And so that's a tall tale sign that this guy can build the staff because one of the biggest failures that young head coaches and new head coaches have is they fail at building a good staff around them. As a head coach, you can't do everything. Like you have to learn to delegate and you have to have trust in the staff that you hire. And I think that's been the fault sometimes of Brandon Staley is even the staff that he had around him. You look at other young coaches, what they've failed at maybe wasn't because they were initially a bad head coach, but their just staff around them wasn't good enough to elevate them as a head coach. And so I think Raheem Morris being the fact that he was a head coach already of a little bit, he's been in the league a while, he's coached both offense and defense, and now seeing what staff he's helped put together and groom on the defensive side, I mean, he's checking all the boxes. So it would, to me, the fact that there's still Rams fans that don't like this guy and think he's a bad defensive coordinator is, is shocking to me. Um, and I think a lot of people will be should 
be very sad to see him go next year because I think he will absolutely be a head coach in 2024. Yeah, I think perfectly said. You know, uh, he and Mike Tomlin go way back. And, you know, if you look at a guy like Tomlin, um, you know, he obviously knows ball. Uh, and I guess we'll, you know, this is Steelers. This is a, the next show, maybe. But um, yeah, you know, the thing that makes Tomlin such a, a incredible head coach is just how he works with the players and how he relates with the players and how he gets the best out of people, uh, the people around him, and including his players. And and Raheem Morris is the same kind of guy. And I think if you want a head coaching candidate, that's that's a pretty good comparison there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I love it. I think. Uh, you know, it'll be sad for us to see him leave. At least uh, I haven't seen as much. I haven't seen as much Twitter hate out there for E. Morris, but I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there, but I mean, you see what this the the talent discrepancy and the way the defense is playing. It, it should not be. It should not exist whatsoever. So, um, but anyway, that'll do it for the recap show here in the Rams skinny. Uh, Rams win twenty six to nine. Get back to three and three play tremendous in the second half so thank you all for hanging out with us make sure to like and subscribe to the rams lafb youtube channel certainly helps us out as we continue growing that obviously all of our rams coverage along with the other la football teams can be found at lafbnetwork.com and uh, we'll be back in basically 24 hours for our rams versus steelers preview so for ryan skinny t anderson i'm ryan dyward thank you all be well stay blessed talk to y'all soon Thank you.